Hi and welcome to Science with Shweta podcast. Today we have with us Dr. Chinmay Sadangi. Chinmay is a neuroscientist at the University of Toronto and he has completed his PhD from the Philips University Germany. Chinmay is the founder of the Addictive Brain. He is also a part of the eLife Ambassador program and a community leader for the Society of Neuroscience. He is a ASAP Bio Ambassador where he communicates science and bridges the gap between scientists and neuroscientists. Hi Chinmay, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So Chinmay tell us about yourself and what field of science are you in? So I would start with my background. I come from India. I'm a native of Odisha, but I spent all my uh, teenage life in New Delhi. Mm-hmm. And then after thereafter I moved to Pune, uh, Pune University to do my bachelor's in biotechnology. Mhm. After that, I moved to Sweden, uh, to Uppsala University to do my master's, and then to Germany to do my PhD at Philips University of Marburg. I completed my PhD in 2017 in neuroscience, wherein uh, my PhD research topic was the role of toll-like receptors in epilepsy. Mm-hmm. And after completing my PhD, I moved to Canada to University of Toronto to uh, work as a postdoc here. and i have been here for the last one year and seven months oh that's great you have been shifting places it must be a quite new experience yes it was yeah and it still is yeah <laughs> so uh, why did you choose to work in this field like when did you decide you wanted to be a neuroscientist or as you gradually went through you started liking this area Uh, well in my initial thoughts was i would like to study cancer and uh, do research on cancer genetics but mm-hmm. things changed when i started my masters and i attended a lecture on brain and behavior and that uh, helped me uh, gain in my interest uh, in neuroscience and i was fascinated by the brain and uh, i always wanted to understand how the brain functions and uh, how is it capable of performing so many tedious activities and i was basically interested in the learning and memory function of the brain mm-hmm. and that is how that is when i decided to uh, pursue my career in neuroscience and i became a neuroscientist after that that's nice so you currently work as a research fellow or what's your current research work or research project so I'm currently a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Toronto and uh I'm working on three different projects but the main project that I am more interested in is to understand the difference between psychiatric and healthy brains uh by investigating uh, the difference in anatomy, morphology and physiology using animal models of psychiatric disorders and for this I'm currently using uh, brain clearing methods uh the disco brain clearing method developed by dr ali atuk and in munich mm-hmm. and there has been many uh brain clearing methods like clarity but i choose the disco method to do brain clearing and uh further understand the difference between a healthy and a diseased brain oh, that's interesting actually thank you <laughs> so you uh, you have studied here in india as well as uh, abroad like you mentioned you had been to germany and now you are in uh, toronto so uh, what differences yes. uh, have you noticed in education system here in india and abroad 
Well, uh, there is a difference in education system in all the different places that I have been. India is still a great place to study, but it's very competitive, and so as other countries as well. But uh, when when I went abroad uh, to do my masters, I was open with more uh, opportunities to work to study. And I saw a new thing that people have a different background and they, uh, like someone did his um, uh, bachelor's in, uh, what do you call, history, but he was in, he came into science, mm -hmm. which was something new and which was uh, quite different from India. Right. And uh, then I moved to Germany to do my PhD and there the major problem was language, but I managed because science is always communicated in English. So in Germany, so it was not a big problem for me. And I had not studied in Canada, but uh, what I'm seeing is people, uh, the coursework is heavy for PhD students here, uh, but it was really light for me in Germany. Maybe I was an international student and I don't, I don't know the language properly. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the language properly. So maybe I was uh, more, I got more lenient in coursework. But yeah, I had I spent a lot of time in the lab, doing wet lab work. So, uh, what were the challenges as an international student? Well, the biggest challenge was language in Europe, because every country has a has his own uh, language. Like uh, Sweden, Sweden has Swedish, but the advantage is that Swedish people speak very fluent English. But in Germany, language was a big problem if you go outside of the university, outside of your lab, because people are not very fluent in English. So I had to learn a bit of German to communicate in day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. So uh, you had decided during your bachelor's that you want to uh, pursue your further career abroad or uh, like you came across some program that interested you and then you decided to go there? My, uh, I never aimed to go abroad, but uh, this program at Uppsala University, which offered a dual degree or an interdisciplinary degree in cell and molecular biology, cell and molecular biology, actually. Mm -hmm. So that is what attracted me to the university, and I, I applied and I got through it. So that was a very good uh, thing for me, and Uppsala University was also in the top 100 ranking universities in the world. So that's uh, why I decided to move to Uppsala University and do my master's there. It's been a great journey, I guess. <laughs> and a long yes. one. <laughs> yeah, it has been quite a long one until now. <laughs> so, uh, Sinmay, you're the founder of the Addictive Brain Community. So can you tell us more yes. about the Addictive Brain and how did you come up with this idea? So this idea came when I uh, started interacting with people and when I told them I'm a neuroscientist, they assumed that I would have a drug for all the brain disorders. So this is what needs, needed to be changed in people's mindset. And that's why I decided to start the Addictive Brain. And the Addictive Brain is a place uh, wherein we communicate uh, scientists, uh, wherein we communicate science to the public and to young students. And uh, we try to communicate that uh, 
if I am a neuroscientist or if I'm a cancer scientist, I don't have a drug for that. It takes a lot of time to develop a drug. And we have to start with the basics like to from uh, the disease mechanism, the molecular mechanism, the cellular mechanism, and how it progresses. Mm-hmm. And the second aim of the addictive brain is to make aware, uh, to create public awareness uh, as how we use the taxpayers' money. That is how scientists use taxpayer money to mm-hmm. develop or uh, find a cure for a disease. And it takes time. And lastly, uh, we all, uh, this is, the addictive brain encourages women, students, and under, underrepresented minorities mm-hmm. to take up STEM subjects. I think that's great and you guys are doing very phenomenal job because I've seen the page and there are so many people from different backgrounds as you mentioned and uh, giving yes. their contributions. It does really help because we don't Thank want you. to be a part, we don't know everything but through those contributions and articles we get to know a lot of things which we are unaware and it's in such a simple lucid language that it makes uh, understandable even to the uh, non-science people. Yes, that is the whole uh, goal of addictive brain. We don't want to, uh, we don't, when we invite contributors, we don't want them to use uh, scientific jargon at all. We want the message to be clear and as simple as possible so that a common man or a young student who is not aware of science or who has just started, uh, who who has just started his Mm -hmm. uh, science career can understand what exactly do we want to see. Right. So uh, having said that, in my, uh, why do you think science communication is so important? Well, the science communication, science communication is important because there is a lack of knowledge and interest in public uh, regarding what scientists do. And uh, nowadays, I have seen young students uh, are not interested in taking up STEM subjects. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, that, that's why I think uh, science communication is very important and uh, we should definitely communicate science to people so that they are more aware of what's going on and how can they uh, take up science, STEM subjects and, uh, of course, in public to create awareness uh, like what scientists are doing behind the scenes. Right. And uh, have you noticed any uh, differences? I mean, of course, there are differences, but what what do you think? How we can improve science communication in India? Because you know and you're aware that it is not a thing here in India as it is in other countries. Yes. Well, uh, science communication, maybe, uh, like there is something called a soapbox science. I don't know if it is prevalent in India, but Mm -hmm. wherein scientists, they uh, come up to the street and talk to the public and explain concepts. Like I have seen Samantha from Hey Science Fam doing it. I have seen Krishna uh, from Beyond the Ivory Towers doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's really helpful to reach out to public. And this is uh, something that uh, India should adopt at this point. And secondly, uh, I would suggest to have more uh, basic science communication, uh, um, what do you call, meetings Mm -hmm. and uh, lectures so as to create awareness among the public. Like the TED Talks are really doing great in India. And I think that's creating a lot of awareness. Oh, yes, it is. 
and i think you rightly said that we need to talk more about it and people should realize the importance of stem and research because i think that's yes. not much in india and i think that's why we lack in research might be i i don't want to comment about that <laughs> so uh, what are the future plans for the addictive brain well uh, at this point uh, we plan to collaborate with more physics uh, physicists chemists and mathematicians because we have seen very less contributions and less people uh, from these fields and we hope to highlight every science field as we expand and encourage more direct conversation between scientists and public and uh, we are in the process of starting a forum uh, where non scientists can directly approach scientists and even doctors with their questions and comments mm-hmm. and lastly uh, we are planning to launch an e magazine uh, maybe end of this year or beginning of next year wherein we would feature articles posts and science art which would give uh, a visual representation of science to our audience i think a magazine would be a great idea to reach out to mass people yes yeah. <laughs> so since it's a bit controversial a uh, question but uh, you have such amazing contributors from uh, numerous fields of science writing articles and making it accessible to everyone in general so what do you think yes. the contributors should be paid for the article or should it be freely accessible i mean what's your take on it well uh, i definitely agree the contributors should be uh, paid for what they are doing but at this point we are not funded at all mm-hmm. and this is all voluntary work that they are doing and we are just a platform wherein we are providing the platform and they are free to uh, contribute or not to contribute but yes all this material should be freely accessible by the public so these shouldn't go behind paywalls like the director brain won't ever go behind paywalls or you have to pay for uh, pay to view these articles or posts and i totally agree with you that uh, they mu- must be paid but i think at the same time it is important that your work is getting acknowledged and credited even if you are not yes. paid for it and if you are doing it voluntarily then i think it's good because i think at the end researchers motive is to com- uh, communicate science and pass on the discovery so i think in that way addictive brain is doing a great job thank you Uh, so you uh, meet up with many fe- uh, fellow psychomers, and so what do you feel is the best part of the science communication? Well, interacting with a lot of people, and uh, this has helped me a lot. I have talked to different psychomers, uh, different people from different various backgrounds, and this has opened my knowledge into different other areas. Like I am not aware of what. Uh, physics is doing i was not aware about the black hole but when i read about it from uh, on instagram from different psychomers i got to know about it and then i was more interested in like okay there is something really that is something really interesting so uh, do you have any advice for young people who are interested in your career path well uh, i both as a scientist and as a psychomer I think uh, everyone has this powerful tool in their hands that is social media mm-hmm. and if you use it properly then I think you can change the way others think about you and 
for uh, others think about your work and it will also help you make good connections it will help you in networking and it will also help in other outreach activities So, uh, anything else you would like to add? Uh, this advice is uh, basically for PhD students, but I think it would be applicable for uh, everyone. So, if you are uh, pursuing a science career, you should be proactive. You should network with other people and other scientists, and never feel shy in asking questions because I don't think any questions are stupid, but. I would encourage you to be shameless and go ahead and ask them. If you have a question in mind, then yes, it should be asked. You might think it is stupid, but maybe the other person, the speaker who is going to answer it, won't think it's stupid. Maybe he'll get a new idea out of it. I, I totally agree with you. The first step, I think, towards research is to ask the question, however stupid it might sound. So Chinmay, we have uh, some fun questions for you now. Uh, so, um, if not a neuroscientist, uh, what do you see yourself doing? Well, if I was not a neuroscientist, I would have been in the army. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Totally a different field. Yes, I always wanted to go and join the army and serve my country. But things didn't work out, so here I am. I'm a neuroscientist now. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, if you could take one thing with you to an island, what would it be, and mm -hmm. why? Well, I would take my uh, dog with me okay. <laughs> because he is so <laughs> lovable, and uh, and he gives me a lot of company and makes me happy. He is my stress buster, so mm -hmm. I would definitely take him with me. Okay. <laughs> and uh, any favorite uh, science communicators? Oh, I have a plenty. Yeah. I would uh, name a few of them, like uh, Samantha from Space Science Fam. Then there is Krishna from Beyond the Ivory Towers, which I mentioned. Then there is Dan, Dan, Daniel Kennedy who runs the Psy community. Yes. And uh, then there are a lot of new faces like uh, uh, Parshati, who yes. talks about physics, Parshati Patel. Uh, then there is Samantha Ballard, uh, who also talks with a physics student and uh, who talks about uh, weather changes and all those stuff, which is very interesting. And Sonal Bhadane from Talking Science. And of course, you. Oh, thank you so much for that. <laughs> uh, so apart from your family and friends, which uh, famous personalities would you like to have dinner with? They might be scientists or anyone. Well, that is a difficult question. Mm -hmm. I would uh, love to go for dinner with uh, President Obama and discuss science policy with him. Okay. So uh, what is uh, your favorite getaway from work? You know, you are doing all this working in the lab and then you have your other things. You have meetings and science communications also mm -hmm. part of 
your daily routine so what is your get away from all this when you don't want to do science so what do you like to do well it would be funny but uh, i love to spend with my pet okay <laughs> so as i mentioned earlier he's my stress booster right now so i take him for a walk i play with him and that helps me a lot that's great uh sachin so may you want to add anything or you want to say something before we close well i would encourage uh, all the science communicators around the globe to uh, actively participate in science communication to convey their messages to the public and of course to the young students to take up stem subjects and work hard and maybe together we all can change the world and help uh, create a more sustainable world with uh, less diseases and uh, less pollution and more earth or environment friendly place thank you so much sinmay thank you uh, my pleasure thank you for your time thank you for joining us and sharing your journey you are definitely a role model and will inspire our listeners to discover their passion just like you did and also start communicating science i think you have uh, put forth some very important points which our listeners will uh, have to mean they'll pay a heed and maybe they'll also start communicating science you and your team at the addictive brain are doing an amazing work creating awareness and encouraging people to take up career in stem thank you so much it was great talking to you chinmay thank you my pleasure So if you would like to connect with Chinmay you can contact him and he'll be more than happy to help you you can find him on any social media the links will be available in the show notes if you would like to connect with us have any questions or suggestions you can contact us thank you for listening science which with a podcast